Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, The Rock cuts his first full heel promo in 20 years. FTR takes on Blackpool Combat Club on Dynamite, we have your Elimination Chamber predictions. And Will Osprey puts another Match of the Year candidate on the board. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Lou Diamond Dallas Phillips. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I'm a beefer, baby, so why don't you kill me? And on that level, we know that I ask your congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 348. Chapter 3, verse 14, and the good smart saying, hashtag, boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Interesting, Rico Wrestling, once again, um, The Rock. Everybody, I just, I love how everybody is getting their own conspiracy theory about The Rock and what he said and what he did. Bloodline just runs everything at WWE. It revolves around them. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers at Coleman in the house. What's going on, two beers at? Beautiful West in the house. I am cocked, locked, and ready to eliminate my chambers <laughs> this Saturday. Jesus Christ. That's so good. <laughs> We're coming at you from beautiful St. <laughs> Charles, Missouri, with another edition of the Band from Ringside podcast. I'm sorry, Jason. What number did you say this was? Three, four, eight. That is unbelievable. <laughs> right? That's just unbelievable. I can't Every time, it. man. Shit. I never even pay attention to what number you say. You said tonight. I was like, what? Right. It's like, are you sure? Did you count that right? We should really quantify how much time we've spent on Mike talking about wrestling to three of us. Because it's a lot. It's a fucking ton. You got to remember, a lot of this is now post- uh, <laughs> You know, when we did it one hour or whatever, even with even one hour. How many did we do in Shock City, do you know? I would say, like, the first 100, 125 would easily be Shock City. Man, that's, you know what they call that, guys? A life well lived. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we're coming at you from beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. Just, uh, you know, just a... A regular old week. It's funny. There was no collision this week. I didn't know there wasn't any collision until Sunday when I tried to find it. Right. And I was like, Ow! Huh. <laughs> How'd that happen? Like, it was like for so, it, it, collision got so ingrained in my life so quickly that there was two hours that it just seems like, this was what it was used to always be like, and it feels like it was a light week of wrestling. <laughs> this is a less than normal. We used to talk about Raw and SmackDown. That's it. We used to talk about <laughs> Natalia matches <laughs> I mean no offense but I mean, no I was about to say just like squash masses in the middle of shitty raws yeah. is what we used to talk about oh just, yeah and now I'm watching 45 minute matches 45 minute will Osprey matches as I make my kid Thursday night dinner getting ready for the podcast That's in amazing. a couple hours but um 
you know, just happy to be doing it. No vice tonight. I uh, hope he is well. We got we had to put a couple AKs on the back burner because that Lou Diamond Phillips one came to me in a dream the other night. So <laughs> I wanted to go with it tonight. But uh, hopefully we'll have vice back next week. But That's you know amazing. what? Let's get to it. Without further ado, let's get to that. Three counts. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. Finally. The Rock cuts his first heel promo as a part of the bloodline. We're talking WWE as the one count. Um, Roman Reigns, Rock, close SmackDown. We'll jump to the rest of SmackDown. But obviously, I think this is the the biggest story leading into Raw. And obviously, uh, the Drew and Cody uh, curtain jerk on Raw. We'll talk about that as well. But obviously, I want to talk about The Rock first. Um, Roman actually comes out first. And lays the groundwork for The Rock to come out. He comes out in the most ridiculous vest I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that was definitely heel rock of the mid-90s, late-90s, whatever you want to call it. The music was still the same. I was hoping we would get that slow, like I said, the the is cooking rock where it has just the guitar. It's, it's just more of a, a grindy, you know, heelish uh, intro music, neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. Rock came out, did what he did, cut the heel promo that I was kind of expecting. And it, it, it just felt like if you just close your eyes and just listen, it was rock that you remember as a heel, basically just throwing uh, sand, uh, Salt Lake City underneath the bus, smacking uh, herpes off of people's lips. The rock was back and just... Didn't miss a beat. Ultimately, what this boils down to, Rock is officially now a part of the bloodline, and he is saying that he is going to do everything in his power to make sure Cody comes out a loser in uh, WrestleMania 40. I know there's people out there that are, you know, you know, making conspiracy theories because I thought I said that at the beginning of the show. He, he was pointing at Roman when he was saying that, you know, you're going to lose and all this other nonsense. Let's not make this harder than what it is, kids. Okay? Until we see something more definitive than Rock is kind of looking in Roman's direction and pointing at him, but saying something that is intended for Cody, let's not make this harder than what it is. I know Rock put up the, the you know, the, the Bullet Club gold, you know, at the end. I don't care about that. That doesn't make any difference to me. He He's a bloodline member. I don't care about the little nuances that everybody's trying to come up with. People you know. treating this shit like it's lost. Dude. Don't forget how that ended. Okay. <laughs> Let's just <laughs> calm down, everybody. Rock said it best, and I'll kick it to whoever wants it next. Let's enjoy the ride that he's taking us on. Let's not try to look for little things to be like, oh, I saw this first. You know, everybody's trying to be right and not enjoying what's happening. The Rock is back. The Rock has come back and now has done two things that we were worried about. The first thing was solidify WrestleMania 40. The second thing was inject a little life into the bloodline for a lot of people that said the bloodline was getting a little stale. Now we got your stale for you. The Rock is back. Yeah. So, uh, Zach, what do you think about this promo? Uh, it was fantastic. It was uh, I was thoroughly sports entertained. I mean, The Rock was always uh, a much better heel than he was a face, and dude, he's just so goddamn smarmy, and he's just leaning into it so hard, and he's got that star power um, that makes it even worse. Um, and by worse, I mean better. 
he is not afraid to say anything. I mean, he, it was like he was really laying into that crowd, and uh, I was all for it. I thought it was great. Um, I mean, it is making everything seem like much bigger deal. Uh, I feel like for anybody that was worried about like this situation hurting Cody, I feel like it's just made it's just enhanced everything. Um, and it's really taken a lot of heat off of WWE in general in a very time where it deserves a lot of heat, uh, even though creatively it is firing on all cylinders. But, uh, yeah, uh, real good, real good WWE TV this week. Man, I love this promo. I fucking loved it. It was like, it felt to me that he was, you know, slipping into an old, comfortable pair of shoes because I think that he might have forgotten how much fun it is to go out there and not try to get cheered and to go out there and to actually try to get who try to get booed and get that cheap-ass heat off the local crowd and just really let them have it because, man, that shit was funny. I was laughing. It really did feel like we were back in the year 2000. It really felt like it. Uh, the vest that he was wearing was so fucking ostentatious and <laughs> stupid looking and gaudy that um, I just couldn't have loved it more. Uh, Zach, I don't know if you listened last week, but Jason and I had a bit of a conversation about were Roman and The Rock going to come out together? Did they come out separate? Uh, I think that we landed on they had to come out separate. Um, but, you know... Roman kind of spoiled the news that The Rock was in the bloodline, which was fine with me. Didn't um, care. This is I, I I said on Friends of BFR, and uh, you know, friend of the show David Patterson was on there, and he wasn't as fond of it. And I thought that the point he made, you know, I could see where he was coming from. What did, what did he say? I didn't see it. Uh, just just that it seemed really cheap, heatish, and um, kind of lazy. I think is what he said, but. To, to, to me, I think that... I don't have a disagree with that. To me, I think that they're probably looking, and not to argue with him that he's not here, but the way that I kind of saw that was that, you know, people are probably just getting word that The Rock's back. Like, like they have a friend that watches wrestling, and their friend that watches wrestling is like, dude, The Rock's back. you got to check it out this week. you got to check out SmackDown this week. And so they probably were knew that they were going to pop a rating, and to pop a rating and to... Get it solid in everybody's head that The Rock is indeed back, and he, he is indeed old rock, old heel rock. Let's cut a promo to remind him how much fun this can be, and that was fucking fun. And he has to be careful because he's going to start getting cheered again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the key is with the modern fan that loves the heels, and you can see a little bit of that. People want to cheer rock. They were chanting uh, his name, shit. They were chanting his name, yeah. yeah. At the and, end, go ahead. Oh, yeah, you really got to be um, extra level in order to maintain uh, the heat. Um, it is funny uh, they they didn't just like pop a rating. I mean, uh, it was going to be it was all set up. It was very deliberate. It was very smart. You know, it's after football season. Um, they didn't have any competition as far as like major sports or anything. It was the first time they've they announced didn't have, the rock. They didn't have minor sports either. I mean, the NBA was yeah, all-star break. Yeah, I was going to say, this yeah. was the perfect fucking storm. Yeah, there was no and NBA games. It's the first time The Rock has been announced for a TV show since the very first SmackDown where they did 4 million viewers. Um, 
And this was the first time in history, in the history of television, that wrestling was the number one show on network television. Whoa. First time in history. That's a that's a true stat. That's a true stat. That Damn. is crazy. I mean, more people more people watched wrestling, you know, historically, it was like higher ratings, but sure. it was never number one. Sure. That was when, you know, Raw used to pull in crazy amounts of but everything drew in crazy. Well no, I'm talking network. Yeah, network. So oh, like, like ABC like, and like CBS. In the 50s and shit. Yeah. Um, back whenever, like, our grandparents were, like, wrestling at the chase and shit like that. Um, Saturday night main but, event. Yeah, yeah, just, like, the regular TV shit. So I know that we like to preach. Uh, I, I like to preach, you know. Let's just go for the ride, sit back. It's not all about fantasy booking, but... Guess what you getting ready to do? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not going to fantasy book myself, but I'd like to take the temperature where we're at. <laughs> I just want to know, like, I don't want to book out the whole thing. I just want to know, where do you think The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania? Um, if he's not ringside with, la- with Heyman, he, he'll get involved in some form of fashion. Does he get a match? No. I think they're going to do the tag. Man, I just can't see them doing that tag. I think he he get. I think he is a an, a auxiliary piece <clears throat> in this whole thing. I don't think he's. Yeah, I'm thinking tag tag night one. The tag match night two. If they wanted to do a tag match, Perth was the perfect place to do it, and they're not doing it, and that's okay. I'm not mad about that. That shit I, starts at four a.m. Look. It, it, Motherfucker, I'm going to wake, wake up and watch that bullshit. I ain't even going to trip. I'll watch New Japan until Peacock gets there, get, replay shit together, then I'll watch it before I go to work. Um, I don't think Roman's going to do two nights. I just don't. As much as I would love to see it and it would make sense storyline-wise, I just don't see it. I just think they're going to make us wait until night two of WrestleMania and then just drag this whole thing out at least in that scenario where it's the next time we see Roman Reigns in the ring. Uh, I mean, this is such a cop-out. I really don't agree with either of you, and I just don't know what I think is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Not- How are you going to answer the question and then be like, oh, no. Well, I think that the perfect answer is him facing Seth Rollins. To me, The if- Rock? Yes. That would oh, be wow. that would mm. be what I would want the most. I still want Drew and Seth now at this point. Seth Seth's gonna be carrying the rock. <laughs> that okay, ultimately I think that's why I don't think right now Rock is ready for a singles match. A tag hey. match makes hey. a lot more sense. Hey. Go ahead. I got a little secret for you. Seth would be carrying Roman too. So I mean, whoa, that ain't no shit. whoa, like whoa. Seth's gonna be carrying. He's gonna be carrying either one of those guys. Whoa. I want to see Seth Easy versus The fella. Rock. Easy big fella. Let let it rip. I, I guess because they've had the the confrontation in Vegas, it, you have a reason to connect the dots, so you make sense in that scenario. I just ultimately, I just Drew Seth intrigues me 
way more. We'll be getting those predictions later. Um, let's see. Anything else happened on SmackDown or Raw that you'd like to talk about, Jason? Uh, just, you know, Elimination Chamber results. Uh, <laughs> KO defeats Dominic Mysterio. I think Dominic had a good match here, but obviously KO was the one to go over. the same way with Tiffany Stratton versus Zelina Vega. Uh, Electra Lopez gets involved in that to kind of assist Tiffany Stratton there. Um, AOP just squashes two guys. I, I'm not even going to give them the, the time of day for their names to be said. Logan Paul defeats The Miz. He's going to Perth. And then Naomi beats Alba Fire. And she's going to Perth as well. So the men's side is set. The women's was has five of the six set. And then obviously on Monday night, Raquel Rodriguez wins the women's battle royal to get the sixth and final spot. Thoughts on any of this, Zach? <clears throat> uh, worst Logan Paul match so far, but it was not a bad match. But there's only had ten, and I can remember every one, so I can. I'm just taking my opportunity to bury the Miz. Um, <laughs> Damn. And uh, <laughs> Logan Paul was great backstage, though. Oh my god, yeah. Also, very impressive for KO to win in a handicap match against Dom and Nick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the raw raw was uh, pretty good, just re- really good TV. Um, unless you were, were you going to talk about raw, Jason? Uh, we could start talking about it because obviously the the curtain jerker was uh, extremely interesting. Drew versus Cody. Uh, Drew goes over with the assist from the bloodline. Jimmy with the distraction and Solo with the spike. Second loss for Cody since he's come back. Well, I'm sorry, not since he's come back, but uh, first pinfall loss since WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so in that scenario, it's a testament to how strong they've made Cody and giving Drew a little bit of a, a rub from getting that pin as nefarious as it was. It's a big win. It's a big win for Drew McIntyre going forward. It just, to me, it solidifies his role as a top heel, if not the top heel on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I thought that was great. That is not the finish that anyone was expecting. Um, Cody just, it's not that he doesn't do jobs or anything. Cody is just the top babyface in the company. It was like, he's the top babyface. Uh, in the biggest wrestling company in the world. Um, he's just not going to do a lot of jobs, and uh, that was wild. Uh, so, yeah, very cool. It told me a couple things. Uh, a, Drew McIntyre's probably sticking around. <laughs> like, he's probably not going anywhere. They're not nope. going to have him pin, pin Cody. Um, also, uh, kind of what, what Jason was saying, you know, like Drew Seth, it makes it interesting because him pinning Cody sets him up be a challenger to Cody's title if Cody were to win it, which he definitely should. Um, but it would be interesting if, um, I guess maybe, you know, if it is Drew Seth, then, you know, Seth might uh, still win, even though I feel like the way to finish that story for Drew is for have him to win also. Uh, but it is interesting that they had to pin him. Um, yeah, pretty pretty interesting overall. A uh, really great match. Um, it was, had a big fight feel. I mean, it was a pay-per-view level match with a TV finish, uh, which I'm totally cool with. Um, and I love, I mean, Drew McIntyre has really, uh, it's been a rising tide floats all boats type Woo. situation probably because Drew McIntyre has upped the fuck out of his game. And in any other world, 
he would be at the very tippy top of the card. And now he's just nipping around the edges of it because the tippy top of the card is so fucking massive right now. It's really something. And CM Punk's on the sidelines, and they're keeping that hot. So, you know, I think CM Punk might be coming back sooner than we think. I don't think he's going to be back for WrestleMania or anything, but no. could be a Raw after WrestleMania situation. CM Punk comes back to attack McIntyre or something because I think that he's going to be just on the edge of getting back when it comes to WrestleMania, right? Or am I getting that timeline wrong? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, it would just depend on. Maybe know, he's the, been faking the whole thing. Maybe I, the whole thing's a work. God, if we're getting work like that, then I will tip my hat to WWE because you know I'm all in the fact that CM Punk is out of WrestleMania. Um, I don't expect Punk to come back anytime soon. To be perfectly honest, uh, sometime in 2024, that would be great. If not, then you know so be it. As long as Drew is signed, ultimately you have that match in your back pocket. You can bring it out whenever you need to do it just for Drew going forward. Um, it's going to be hard to see him not on WrestleMania. I mean, I'm sorry. He has done uh, Drew McIntyre. Oh, he's getting a singles match. That's what I'm. But we were we were saying last week, might you know, not be like for the title, like you know, this person might not, you know, you're saying that Drew is on the the tip of the uh, the top of the card or whatever. I think he was. I thought he was already in, even with CM Punk and Brock Lesnar and everybody else. Seth, you know, half stepping with one leg or whatever the case may be. We can name all these guys, but Drew McIntyre would be one of those guys kinda, I would name. Kind of had a lame 2023 though, right? I don't think that's by his doing by any stretch. I think no, that's the fact that no, no. Okay, I was just going to say the, the booking for Drew wasn't exactly strong, where he was challenging for titles, and when he did challenge for titles, he lost. But now, but now he's pinning Cody Rhodes. I mean, yeah, that's that says a lot, and I think that's what we need to watch going forward. I would be a little surprised if he did not have some sort of singles match. I wouldn't say a little surprised, very surprised if he didn't have some sort of singles match at WrestleMania. And then at the end of Raw, well, sorry to steal your count. No, steal um, it. It's your show too, boss. Uh, real real quick before you go, uh, what, you know, what's funny is one thing that they're kind of telling a story about that – Drew could have a singles match at WrestleMania. Uh, he could get pinned by Sami Zayn uh, because they keep talking yeah. about how Sami's never beat him. Mm. Yeah, but they're also talking about Sami going for a title. I think that we're getting Sami Gunther. Oh, that could be cute. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if Sami takes the IC the off. Of Gunther. Yeah, I was getting ready to say at WrestleMania that would be that would be huge. That, that would, would be, be a big huge yeah, match and a big, big moment. Yeah, that would be a big fucking deal. I like that. See where your head's at. Give me the pencil. Yeah, dude, I'd say take that motherfucker down. But anyway, uh, at the end of the Raw, we have a fucking fantastic match. Uh, Gunther versus Ray or Jay, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know what I meant. He just looks like Ray. Ray. <laughs> he just looks like his name is Ray. Hey Ray Ray. Yeah. <laughs> you stole my thunder. I was just gonna say that. Um but uh so I did not see the first match when I saw this. I turned this one on live. I turned it on at like 9.30. I was like, I'll watch the main event. You know, if the beginning gets spoiled for me, so be it. But I turned it on. So I didn't know what happened in the Cody Drew match. So 
I got so sucked into this match. Oh, man. And so uh, I was living and dying with the near falls because I did not know that Jimmy had been on the show earlier. So when Jimmy came out, uh, they got heat from me. (laughs) (laughs) I was fucking pissed. I wanted a clean win, and I was like, oh, you motherfucker. I mean, it was good heat, but heat nonetheless. I was pissed. I would be lying if I did not say that I was waiting for Jimmy, but in the spot where Jimmy came in, I was like, I was with you. I'm like, son of a bitch. Got me, you motherfuckers. You got me again. But that's what I kind of expected. If Jimmy wouldn't have came out the first time around and – he would have came out at the end. This would have been a, a much more, it was still impactful, but it would just been a bigger splash. You know what I'm saying? It had been one of those moments where you'd really been like, you know, like Bill, he got worked uh, because obviously he didn't see the front part. If he, if they would have just waited and not done both of them, I don't know who you brought, you would bring out for Cody the first time around. I, I mean, shit, figure it out. You know, this is the time to bring out Jimmy because this makes the most sense. Drew getting the assist from the bloodline is ironic. You know what I'm saying? And then his comments after the fact was like, you know, hey, you know, I just took you know advantage of the situation. You know, real fucking funny when you was talking that candy, that big ass tall shit six months ago, pissed off at the world, but now it's okay. This one made much more of an impact, and I just wish they would have just left it one or the other, not both. Go ahead, Three Beer. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, first of all, Jay, or sorry, Jimmy rang that bell so hard and so many times. Dude. I, was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, is this New Japan? I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but, we hear uh, you, dog. I, I did really like the bookends of you had an unexpected win where the heel won and mm. just like you said, took the win from the interference and it really showed the dichotomy of heel characters because Gunther was not happy with that win. Um, he was, he's like a baby face. So he's like a heel, but like he was really kind of like, he's like a, I don't know. He's like an honorable heel, I guess. Um, he was like pissed about the whole like thing. Like he took Did it. You it so? like, I, I, that's the, the vibe that I got. I just the, the the way I took it was like he was just you know happy to escape with the win. Give me my belt. Let me get the fuck up out of here. Ah, uh, yeah, it could have been it too. Yeah, I, I might have just misread uh, the situation. Um, I, I was trying to remember like if he has really had a lot of heel interference shenanigans with his reign. I couldn't remember. Not really. You know, like I, yeah, I, I know he has you know his lackeys like Ludwig and them, but like I didn't know. Uh, I couldn't remember them causing um, wins for him. Like I feel like uh, he's just they, been pretty dominant. It's it's not like it's blood, not like it's not like it's not like bloodline shit. No, it, I mean yeah, if it happens, if it happens, it's happened so infrequently we or, can't think of it. Or they they've had a lot of six man matches with those guys, and it seems like uh, that's where the fuckery starts. There is like they are like clearly tiered. Uh, one, two, three in that faction. Like, Vinci is clearly the dumbass. Yeah. That they don't respect yeah. at all. Right. <laughs> like, Ludwig yeah. Kaiser, you know, goes there likes the, he's him. He's the gray. But he's like, come on, what the fuck, dude? He treats him like shit. But, um, but yeah, they have a lot of six men where Vinci takes the pin. Lots of them. Yeah. It feels yeah. like over over his reign. But it, they, do, they don't get involved in matches like that. 
not yeah, not nearly as much. Any. Yeah, and 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 the bloodline is like the the bar of it all. Unfortunately, for lack of a better word, for, they respect the ring too much. <laughs> exactly. I just like I said, I can't think of enough to where it's like, well, uh, Gunther's reign is tainted because. Imperial gets in involved in it. People don't say that. People just talk about how he just beats guys up all the time. Yep. And that's just what it boils down yeah. to. His reign has been, if, if you just want to go with a dominant reign where you just line him up and he knocks him down, Gunther greater than Roman. I mean, he is... I mean, his approval rating has to be the highest across all types of fans, right? Like... Everybody's got even the smarkiest of the smarks it's, have to admit that Gunther, the way that he's booked, the way that his he performs, he's like one of the strongest heels we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's he's presented just as a total no nonsense badass. Okay, and and, and now it's it, we got like three questions: Who's going to be fill in the blank? Roman, Seth, Gunther. Not even in that order. Um, what are the odds that both Roman and Gunther lose WrestleMania weekend? I think pretty high. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I I expect Roman to lose, and depending on the opponent for Gunther, it's to, it's just time. I mean, Gunther is ready for the big stage. But bet on Gunther until Gunther gives you a reason not that, to bet on him. That promo uh, on Monday night when he was trolling Jay, oh, Holy shit, I was laughing my ass off, dude. I was like, God damn, he's so I mean, good. His Q rating is just out of this world. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, he seems like a cool guy. He wrestles cool. No, Gunther's the man. I'm about to say, it's, it's time for him to give it up. I just feel like he's the he's another victim of the, the of like the Rock, just the Rock and Cody and Roman just sucking up all the talk. And, no. I, I, and I'm I'm guilty of it. I'm not I'm not absolving myself. No, I, I feel I, like Gunther's overlooked. I, no, I I totally disagree with that, and I'll be the first to to beat Gunther's drum. I have. I will continue to do so. He was on my list of WWE wrestlers of the year. I just well, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I maybe you think that way. I I'm sorry. I was remembering when uh, Three Bear was talking about we was pissed about him being the name change. Now I'm just rolling down Gunther like it ain't shit. Man, Gunther, we, Gunther, Gunther. We can all yeah, admit. Yeah, that's don't be it. Yeah, we can all admit that Walter's a better name, right? <laughs> I don't care, man. I was about to say the dude's a badass. Zach, what's a better name, Walter or Gunther? Uh, Walter. It Walter. Was, uh, it was my maternal grandfather's name, and it's also decidedly less Nazi than Gunther. Definitely less Nazi. True story. Ludwig Goebbels. Um, anything else about um, main, uh, Gable beats Ivar? Um, oh, Gable, Gable got to cut a little promo where he's like, listen, it's WrestleMania season. He's like, I'm going to show, show him what I'm like on my own. Let's get Chad Gable a WrestleMania match, huh? How are we doing that? I don't know. Okay. Just was, just making sure we were on the same page on that. Um, just on a, a, a sidebar, because uh, I'm looking at the notes. More belts. Hardcore belts. No, we're good. European belts. <laughs> no, we're good. No, we're good. No, we need more of them. What North about American a belt belts. that you have, to, you have to defend all the time, like every day, every minute of the day of every week? That was called the 24-7 title. We, we're, we're past that now. 
It has a a long and storied history. (laughs) We've grown (laughs) up, okay? Um, One thing I did want to uh, talk about, and if we want to move on, we can. Um, Michael Chandler from UFC was on WWE main proper television throwing out a challenge to one Conor McGregor. I know this is not something that we talk about a lot on Band from Ringside MMA in general, but I just wanted to see what you guys thought about it. Um, This clearly has uh, repercussions on the MMA side. This is part of, obviously, the TKO uh, influence into WWE. They were doing it all night. They were showing celebrities from all sorts of different types of shit all night. They had a professional bull rider that they called out in the crowd. They had... uh, some other people I've never heard of that are probably Zoomers or TikTok stars or some shit like that. <laughs> but they had, but Daniel Chandler, that's his name? Michael. Michael Chandler. I don't, I don't know who this motherfucker is, but looked like he felt like uh, cutting a promo, and he did a pretty good job. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I was like, is this what it's going to be like now? Because right. I was noticing it all night. Like, I thought it was like, it seemed weird. Like, they were like, here's a celebrity. Here's a celebrity. Um, Zach, what did you think? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more of the UFC crossover in particular, um, specifically uh, around the time of, like, big shows. Um, I think we'll see some wrestlers on UFC shows, like, before WrestleMania. I also think that we're very likely to see, not just at WrestleMania, but also just during uh, normal shows, we're going to start seeing um, advertisements on the mat and, like, on the ring posts and shit. Um because TKO's is all about that money, man. And, and Vince, even though he's all about his money, obviously he did. He was very much against like all of the the logos and shit on like the mats. But like if you watch UFC, like it's all over the mats. Um, yeah, it so. was like it was weird when Brock came back wearing Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. Yep, that always yeah, that so. always looked weird because he's yep. the only one that does it, and he's the only one that was allowed to because it was already in his like other contract. Um, also the only one that's allowed to do some other stuff. Yep. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I can imagine we're going to see a lot more of that. And for, as far as like the back and forth, that's great for like mainstream appeal. Cause UFC is more mainstream, even though it's got a shorter history. I feel like it's more mainstream than WWE. Even. Yeah, I, don't, I don't, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know about that. I don't know if UFC's. I just when I think about UFC fans, most of them, I think wrestling, UFC fans that don't watch wrestling because the only UFC fans. Well, no, I won't say that. When I think about UFC fans that don't watch wrestling, I see that most of them look at wrestling like it's fucking stupid. I think that goes for a lot of people that not just UFC fans. There are people who like UFC. A lot more who are like UFC fans that like will dabble in wrestling. Like good friend of the show, Kevin Hamilton. He's mm. he's like that, you know. Like he gets wrestling and right. he, he follows it. He listens to Cornette sometimes. He listens to us sometimes. Uh, but like he knows UFC. Right. Like, he knows all that shit. He always knew about boxing though and shit too. So I just don't know how many. I think it can cross over people to the UFC better than cross over people to wrestling. Maybe. That that could be completely wrong. And oh, but it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter either way, right? Like they're just going for crossovers. They own both. Right. Yeah, if I was, was getting on, ready to say ultimately it doesn't matter who gets on the boat as long as you're buying a ticket. If I was on first take, 
I could do both sides of the argument. <laughs> no, I, no, I kind of agree with Zach on this one. I think it opens up the door for both UFC to dabble into WWE and vice versa, at least fan-wise. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Conor McGregor have a, a WWE match somewhere down the line. A lot of these guys... If you watch UFC press conferences, uh, they feel dude? like WWE type uh, promos. You know who would be great in a wrestling match from the UFC? Kane Velasquez. What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's he up to these days? You ain't shit. I think he's. Uh, I think he's uh, locked up with some engagement. The Cain Velasquez era of, of, of SmackDown on Fox. We just take three weeks. <laughs> you better put them dates down. We need dates, months, and a year. Because this ain't going to take long. I mean, talk about some worked punches. <laughs> we hardly knew ye. No shit. Uh, anything else? Braun signs with SmackDown. Uh, didn't want to overlook that. So that's an interesting uh, little tidbit somewhere down the line. Damage control with a uh, good promo, uh, setting up more of uh, seeds of dissent, at least in my head, where Dakota Kai, I think, ultimately turns on Bailey. Uh, I think I covered it. Yeah, uh, Seth and Cody. Seth looks at Cody, kind of shaking his head. No words said after Cody catches uh, the SmackDown on Monday night. So, you know, a lot of seeds for WrestleMania being sold, but obviously Elimination Chamber coming up on Saturday morning. And we got predictions coming up, too. So let's Still get my to thunder. that. Two counts. One, two, three. Two beer, what's the two count? Uh, two count, we'd probably go pretty quick through this. Um, <laughs> I did not watch Rampage. Um, I know that... Dude, it uh, was bad. Just, <laughs> Stop! Yeah. It wasn't that bad. It was, was not that, that Jeff bad. Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match. Yeah, that was the opening match uh, where Sammy Guevara basically killed Jeff Hardy. Stop! What do you mean, stop? Did you <laughs> see it? Yes, I watched it. I'm not saying he... Look, let's just call it for what this is. When you put these two guys in a ring with lax or no rules, whatever you want to call it. They're going to do some dumb shit. Okay, and there was a couple of times where I was like, come on, Sammy, don't do this. Those are two guys with don't histories do of bad decisions. <laughs> don't do this. You know, I don't want to say that this was bound to happen, but it's for, for me it wasn't a surprise by any stretch of the imagination that one or the other got hurt. My favorite band. Well, I mean – my favorite band, Clutch, has a song called, has an album called Book of Bad Decisions. And if you open that motherfucker Stop. up, it's just Sammy Guevara and Jeff mm -hmm. Hardy through you the whole shit, thing. Nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you shit. It's like, it's like 80% Jeff Hardy, though. Because he'll do that <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. That's true. He's had a longer history. That's Sammy Guevara's just fair. like, you know, fuck it. I'm just crazy. Zach, you didn't see it, but I trust you saw the spot. No, I didn't even watch the spot because I, I don't really get on social media. So. It's bad. Um, it's bad. It's a knee straight to the face. Uh, I think that he broke Jeff Hardy's nose, I think. I, there was some shit that I saw that took place during the commercial break where Matt was yelling at Sam Guevara. I couldn't tell if it was a work or a shoot, so uh, I'm not reporting anything here. But um, Your sources didn't tell you anything? It was interesting. I mean, he fucking Jeff Hardy's out there like, don't do the spot if you're going to fuck it up that bad. He just completely went to one side. Side, yeah. Um, not good, but uh, yeah. I mean, just keep Samuel Guevara away from the Hardys. 
Yes, I mean, there's that, too. He almost killed Matt Hardy, too. Yeah, right? true story. Yeah, I was about to say, that. well, he almost killed Matt, but then, the, you know, TK was like, fuck it, let him keep going. So, I mean, there's, you know, blame all across the board. That was pretty much Matt's fault, though, right? Yeah, I mean, he fell. I don't think he, he didn't do a move to him, did he? I can't even remember. I can't either. Um, we probably made a but, really uh, big deal out of it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it I, was yeah. a big deal because, I mean, Matt was clearly hurt, and he was out on his feet, and they let they the match the go. Match. That's what it was, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I imagine that growing up, Sammy Guevara's favorite wrestler was Jeff Hardy. Yep. So... The fact that they got to do it, that's cool. Um, but it happened on Rampage, and I'll probably never watch it. Um, <laughs> fucking, Man, you I'm better hit they, that button, motherfucker. <laughs> it's not going to be. Unprofessional <laughs> 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 bullshit. Um, it's not going to be Queen on Amanada, highlight reel. Yeah, right. Yeah. Queen Amanada uh, finally got a win. She beat Anna Jay. I don't know if that's a, a big win. But it's a win. It's a win. Uh, it is a win. I feel like I would have made it a little bigger. Um, it's her first dub, they, man. I mean, they treated it like the announcers treated it like it was a big deal. It was her first they, win. Yeah, yeah, they did. So I mean, cool. in that scenario, yeah, you're going to treat it like a, a big deal because I mean, at least for the let's just say conservatively for the last three weeks, she's been on if not one of the three shows, but two of the three shows. And she's been taking the L's, which, you know, not not a surprise, you know, neither here nor there. So when she finally beats, you know, it's Anna Jay, not, you know, world beaten, but, you know, she got her first up. They treated it as such. Now, what's the follow up? Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> this is just a very funny match to me. Uh, I have no idea what it even looked like, but I'm just looking you at it guess. and said, Oh, this bang is a, bang! This is bang a, uh, bang scissor gang versus the Juggalo Nation here. Oh, Dark Order, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> Sodom Singh, and Jay Lee. <laughs> Holy shit! Man, this shit show. It's a shit show. That bang! What bang. are they doing? Why is why are the bang bang scissor gang even still together? They need to break up. They're, and get some heat. They they even got something scheduled for next week where it's going to be one of the ass boys, Billy and Jay Colton White. Colton Billy and Jay White. And I mean, Jay White is fucking slumming. And the way that they end every promo with Anthony Bowens just all of a sudden yelling because everybody loves the acclaimed Bang Bang. Really bad shit. It's like, dude, you you could you don't have to scream it like that every time. What what? I oh god, I I hate it. I hate it so much. This is, I was fine with them popping the crowd whenever they did it the one time because I thought they were just gonna have like uh, the Bang Bang Gang turn on them in like two weeks. No, I'll go this far. Seeing Jay White and. Billy Gunn bump each other in the in the match. Um, at least was some sort of seed of, of dissension. They kind of referenced it backstage during uh, the promo before the match. 
Uh, I guess that was on uh, Dynamite or whatever. You know, hey, Billy's like, hey, my bad. You know, Jay's like, all good, blah, blah, blah. Let's have this six-man tag. I got, I guess, three questions now. What the fuck happened to the acclaimed? What the fuck is going on with Jay White? And why the fuck did we even do this to begin with? None of this just doesn't make sense at all. You got the acclaimed as one of the hottest tag teams a year ago. They were the hottest act in AEW at one point, and now they're doing this. Jay White, I just talked about him last week, but damn, you act like Tony Fitman has made Jay White into basically a complimentary part, and he shouldn't be that. He should be chasing Eddie Kingston, uh, Samoa Joe, whomever, but not this. This is just, I'll say it, for me, it's beneath both of these two guys, for the acclaimed as a group, for Jay White as the individual. I just don't get it. I mean, it's putting the, uh, no, I don't really care about the Ring of Honor trios titles, but it's putting the trios titles, like, completely on ice, too. Like, there's shit happening with them. Nope. Um, and that's, that. remember whenever they introduced the trios titles, and we're like, oh, my God, look at all these, like, you know, trios, and this, it's going to be, like, the, the best. Options and it was the options that best you had at the time that, yeah, oh, you, we could appoint that because and there's, AEW there's feels plenty like. plenty of great trios. Yeah, so you can still do yeah. it. Yeah. AEW is the land of factions. If it's not New Japan, it's, to me, the land of factions one. AEW is the land of factions two. And you had all these, you know, great factions with tag teams and a third guy that you can match up at any given point and have great trios matches. And they could be a part of your AEW programming, AEW uh, pay-per-views, and do it like that. Now they're just – these are literally props. There are six props on six guys that mean absolutely nothing at this point, and it's hard to watch. Yeah, they need to – I thought they were just going to have Bang Bang Gang turn on them and then unify the titles. You know, that. I think it, me. They just need to hurry up with it. Maybe they're selling too much merch. They, <laughs> you know, they, like, that really just, it could be as simple as that. It like, could be. Like, yeah, the storyline isn't great, but we're making money. No, and it could be just as simple as that. I, I don't think it's that simple personally. I don't think they're that over, but I, I don't, I don't like them. So, I mean, that to me is probably the biggest problem. It's my own personal bias against the whole thing. Ultimately, I think, Bullet Club Gold does turn on them. I'm thinking in my head, and I said it last night watching, maybe they're waiting for Juice to come back, and then that's how they turn on them. So then they have the numbers advantage like heels usually do. Um, If that doesn't happen, then I don't know what the fuck is going on because this is just – it's just – it's entertaining, I'm sure, to some people. For me, it's not, and that's the problem. You said Juice Robinson. I forgot all about Broken Seth Rollins. Uh, right, so uh, Dynamite, um, I had this on. I was, I was just been stupid busy with work. I had this on in the background, so I got to catch most of it. But uh, opening match, uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus FTR. Um, turns out they took this one to a draw, which is totally cool because it seems like they're going to do it again at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I saw, um, like the, you know, it was very, very good, but, like, you could tell, you know, whenever they did the draw, I'm like, okay, they kind of held some stuff back because they're going to do a pay-per-view 
uh, match. But, I mean, this is a hell of a TV tag team match. Um, the finish was a little wonky. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, totally solid. No, I thought once they announced the five-minute call, I was like, son of a bitch, they're doing it again. I'm not mad about it. I mean, it sets up the the uh, the probable Revolution tag team match. I just thought that FTR was just going to get the dub. That way you had, you know, Mox would get the singles win, FTR gets the tag team win, and then you just have them, you know, wrestle a, uh, a tiebreaker of sorts going forward. The match I thought was solid. I mean, it was, you know, they just rang the bell and just let them beat the shit out of each other for 20 minutes. You know, Claudio is just a, a fucking freak of nature just throwing anybody around. It doesn't even matter who it is. I don't think he's gotten enough of uh, his shine in AEW slash ROH. That's just me. FTR, it once again, just proves that how good they are at any given point. You can ring the bell and put two guys in front of them and they'll make a good match great. Um, I'm curious to see where this goes for Revolution, um, if there's going to be a step on it or not, because it feels like it's getting to that point where both teams just don't like each other. So now you might want to put a step on it and make it even more interesting. I shouldn't say that. Tornado tag matches, Darby and uh, Sting versus the Bucks. So you probably don't get two steps. But if you did, this might be a match to do it on. But we'll see. Loser has to shave the winner's back. See, no, we tried that already, man. It didn't work over in WWE, okay? We we, yeah. we we got them away from that. Let's not, you know, PTSD them. Or PT, yeah, I said that right. <laughs> Let's not have, have them with more trauma because of a bad fucking uh, angle with Vince trying to be cute. Uh, this was a match I didn't get to see most of the action. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Mike Bennett. Uh, both those guys can go, I imagine. Uh, this was uh, pretty good, but also a uh, predictable finish. I didn't even see the finish, but I just can assume that Orange Cassidy uh, beat Mike Bennett. You assume correctly. Um, I think it was a row-up finish. Don't quote me on that. But uh, ultimately, the the post-match um, was the, the kicker for me. Jake Hager coming out to make the save, I guess, was the, the hometown pop. I forgot they were in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So when Jake Hager's music hit, I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I saw Jake Hager's name on the uh, the screen or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck? This doesn't even make fucking sense. So, of course, Jake Hager comes out and makes the save, picks OC up. And I'm still sitting there watching this. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, I'm in my head like, you know, it's that uh, gif where you see the guy or the girl, you know, just kind of like staring off the space and you see all the numerals and it's like, you know, all kinds of quadratic fractions and formulas and shit. None of it made sense. It was the most ridiculous it's, thing ever. It's like uh, AEW Mad Lib. <laughs> <laughs> Fill in the blank save Orange Cassidy Jake Hager What? <laughs> hey, uh, sorry that's, I was That's really funny I was responding to a text But Did anybody notice Claudio uh, At the pull apart backstage I don't Did we already talk about that? Um, at the pull apart backstage Between FTR and BCC Wasn't Dash Or Dax Saying uh, We'll do it Two times, we'll do it five times, we'll do it for a half hour. It's like, are they leading towards like an Iron Man match between those two? Am I the only person that knows that? I did not notice that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I didn't notice, 
but uh, that could be. I would, as much as I would say that it would be great to see an Iron Man match or best of three, whatever. I mean, what what's, what does Dax Harwood gain out of that? What does FTR I mean, gain I can out see of it as, right, if we I do can it, see oh, it as a if, collision if, main event. If we're doing it as like a singles Claudio no, versus Dax. I was thinking. Or, I was. Oh, thinking, you're talking the tag team. I was thinking Claudio and Mox versus FTR. Oh, okay. Which okay. is what they're doing at Revolution anyway. So I'm just saying, is that going to be some kind of Iron Man match or something? Wouldn't surprise me. I don't want it to be there for five hours, man. Let's just. Oh, you're going to be there for five hours. <laughs> I don't want to. Be the last, there. the last few haven't been that bad. Right? No, they, they've actually uh, kind of trimmed it down a little yeah. bit. Um, I don't think it's going to be a step because, like I said, Darby Sting versus the Bucks already has the uh, the tornado tag step on it, which makes sense. I don't think you're going to do two of them, but I've been wrong before. Uh, we had Tony Storm squash match, um, and then we had uh, I don't know, maybe the worst match I've ever seen on AEW Dynamite. I missed some stuff on some good matches, and then I was able to catch this. Fucking piece of shit. Um, Madison Rain. Madison Rain landed on her fucking head like towards the end of the match. Um, this was like it didn't start out too bad, but holy shit, um, this was not good. Yeah, there was some clunkiness here. <laughs> I love me some Deanna Perrazzo, but this was this was not one of her better moments. Madison Rain either. I think this. I'm not blaming either one. They, just it just didn't work. It was not very good. I was uh, doing then, other things. Yeah, and then I caught that, and like I said, I was I kept getting calls, and then I got another call with this match: Joe Swerve and Cage versus uh, Hook Hangman and Rob Van Dam. Um, so interesting <laughs> that Hangman is in the kind of babyface side of this. Um, I don't know. And like Brian Cage is definitely a heel, but then like Swerve and, and Joe are very likable heels. Uh, Hook and RVD are definitely baby faces. Hangman is uh, a heel essentially. Cause at least, especially in this feud, like you guys were talking last week, that is definitely like been a double turn. Uh, almost like triple turn because like people like Joe so much, but he's still a heel. But he's like beloved, so pretty wild. Uh, uh, anyway, I didn't get to see much of this match, but there was this uh, kind of controversy about Hangman uh, maybe having an ankle uh, injury. Uh, go ahead, sorry. Well, I was going to say first, and then I'll get to the injury part. Is that in? I don't know if you saw the promo that they cut backstage beforehand, but Hangman was healing off on those Oh, two my guys. God. He was, <laughs> he was completely acting like a heel on the backstage thing. It's like, so they knew that that was what they were doing. Um, that was intentional. For what reason? I have no fucking idea. This seems like some real WWE-ass booking where it's like, you know, just throw three guys together on either side and have them have a match for no reason at all. Um, oh, can they coexist? You know, that's yeah, the, but that's a WWE ass reason. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's a WWE ass match. 
I I'm just not- keep wanting to say WWE ass. Okay. <laughs> um, I I do know that there was um, I heard that there was a ton of rewrites on the show because I guess like Sting's dad died. Like Sting was supposed to be on the show. Um, I think there was like I think they were just kind of rewriting the show as it went. So that might be something. Uh, overall, though, I mean, this was I again. I wasn't fully tuned into it. This was a very disjointed episode of uh, Dynamite. It was not the best episode of, of Dynamite for sure. I tell you what, Steve's promo or Steve Sting's promo, <laughs> Sting's promo. About, you got you, you like it that much Steve. now? <laughs> his name is Steve. Uh, Sting's promo about his dad uh, shook me to my fucking core, man. Ugh. That was fucking some serious ass shit. Ugh. Oh my god, um, damn, that's a gut punch. It, it was a great promo. Um, it made me like in a kayfabe, kayfabe style. Like kayfabe. I was scared for the Bucks. I was like, Sting is going to kill these motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Sting, is, <laughs> Sting is not losing that match. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Nope. I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just throwing this out there because Zach said he was not watching in and out, and there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we move on. This is one of them. It was funny how Darby started off the promo talking about how when you look back on your career, but that's how he's actually how he says, like when you look back in your career, and it sounded like he was talking about himself. And I was like, dude, look back in your career. You're 29. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I say you did that. You've been the TNT champ. Calm down. Um, <laughs> Rick Flair obviously made an appearance and basically has uh, voiced his displeasure about not being a part of the last few weeks of Sting's uh, run as a wrestler, professional wrestler, and met up with the Bucks. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I get what you're saying, what you're talking about with, with the Sting promo. It was, like I said, absolutely perfect it was emotional but then at the end he was like you're gonna have the fight of your lives and he and i felt that shit but rick flair is a tipping point i'm not saying it tips the point to the bucks where they win but i'm not just saying it's a slam dunk for starby or for Sting and darby either starby would be with <laughs> a name them starby <laughs> um so flair does show up and uh <laughs> talking backstage with renee it's like he's not acting here like this motherfucker is tired and disappointed in his life and uh he knocks on the buck's door what do you guys think about this Didn't i missed that but i i love that wrinkle i didn't even know that happened i love that wrinkle because um I mean, as somebody who grew up watching Sting and Flair, mm-hmm. and just Sting in general, Sting had the worst taste in friends. They constantly turned on him. <laughs> <laughs> so this would be totally for in the course. <laughs> yeah. What's funny about what Flair said, well, so Angelo and Ruby Soho are going on their first date, and a car pulls up, and Ruby's like, is this for us? And Angelo's like, like, no, no I got us a lift. lift. <laughs> and then it just shows the feet getting out of the... And I, I swear to God, I was like, those are the oldest. Who the fuck is the old person? Like, 
just the way their legs God were getting out of the shit. car, I was like, this is some old motherfucker. <laughs> hey, man. And it was hey. fucking flair. Hey, man. I ain't going to take too much for, more of this flair. Uh, I thought it was Mae Young. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You got one more time to disparage Ric Flair, and I'm going to have to come over there. <laughs> so make it good. Come on. <laughs> but, yeah, it is. So he comes out, and he goes, you know, I don't sting my whole life, and uh, I thought I'd be more involved in this, and I'm pretty disappointed. Renee's like, okay, thanks for your time. He's like, well, I'm just going to explore my options. And then he walks down the hall and knocks on the door, and Nick Jackson answers the door. Look at you. That was a guess. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually Matt. (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) But, yeah, it is a fun little wrinkle. It's going to be a... I mean, it's a Bucks match, and it's Sting's last match. That's going to be a fucking... And with Ric Flair as a... That's going to be a Zach special. That yeah, is gonna it's going to be a party match. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Do, uh, does Ric Flair take a bump? Yes. Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> good shit, good shit. You were in the way, motherfucker. Damn. Uh, did you? Did you guys have? Go ahead, Zach. Did you, Zach? I know that you were in and out of it. Did you see Daniel Garcia and the Patriarchy? No, no. I <sighs> okay, so Dark Garcia comes out, cuts his very baby face promo. Uh, you know he's good at those. He is uh, a believable, a believable underdog baby face kid who really uh, just. Uh, is trying his hardest, you know. And so then Edge is out, so Garcia's got the number one contender match. Christian comes out, and he basically asks, he starts asking Daniel Garcia about his childhood. He said, you didn't have a very good childhood, did you? I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Do you know Jackie (laughs) Garcia that lives at 2 Baker Court in Buffalo, New York? And the crowd just who's Antonio Garcia, and he's like, and says that she was married to a David Garcia. But your dad, and if your dad, and correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel, but your father is dead. Oh my god, damn. It was fucking unbelievable. I popped so hard, dude. Dude, as soon as he said that shit, as soon as he started to be like, you know, your mom lives and whatever it is, I'm just like, oh shit, here we go. So <laughs> Garcia, Garcia starts seething and he's like, leave my mother out of this. And he's like, and your dad was a piece of shit alcoholic. <laughs> I was like, oh, there it is. <laughs> uh, just doing work. Just Christian out here doing fucking work. Just. So good when he, I was like, is he? He's not gonna just talk about his dad being dead too, is he? And when, he <laughs> when he dropped it, man, that was that's good. one of the greatest. That's one of the greatest gimmicks in wrestling history. <laughs> and calling yourself the patriarchy—it <laughs> is unbelievable shit. That Chris Jericho's list. I mean, just. So, when you, especially when you see the shit coming, it doesn't matter what your name is. You know, you know the certain things that are so funny that even when you see it coming, it still made you pop. That shit I saw coming, and I was like, man, don't do this shit. Well, never mind. He's already started, so you know where this motherfucker's going. Crowd's all into it. I'm laughing my ass off at 1230 this morning. It was absolute comedy fucking central. So, of course, I... No, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I was saying it's better than anything Edge has ever done. Uh, yeah, wow, <laughs> there you go. Um, Except maybe Beth Phoenix. 
see you ain't shit. Um, anyway. I'm not even gonna go there. I won't leave that. I won't let you guys have your. Uh, I your I'm really joking. I, I, <laughs> I missed the majority of Edge's career. Like whatever. Like I I really missed the majority of Edge's career. So like I'm fully joking. I'm just being a heel. Um, no. So uh, but yeah. I would be lying if I said that Christian is not having a, the most amazing run that I could think of. Maybe when he first got to TNA or whatever, and they may, had him just run through the table and basically be undefeated for damn near a year, year and a half, or whatever it was. I'll give you that. But this is just entertaining as fuck. Every fucking time I see him, it's just like, oh shit, here we go. And now we've gotten to the point where now he's got lackeys next to him. You know, he's taken Edge out last week. He's got Daniel Garcia coming up in a couple weeks. Daniel Garcia is is going to be someone that benefits from the rub from FTR now, or I guess a couple weeks ago and now coming up against Christian. I think he gets a rub with that. I don't expect him to win, but I think they'll have a really good match for the – the TBS championship. So at that point, you know, Danny Garcia does have a ascending rise for him, but I just, like I said, I don't see him winning. Chris is just doing just too much work as a heel to just let Danny Garcia come in and take over the apple cart. Ultimately, you guys see Adam Copeland and Christian come back again at some point. Cause I mean, Christian just took Copeland out. So, you know, there's gotta be some sort of receipt for that. Yeah, uh, I feel like that's the end game. Is they're going to have an epic feud, and then they're going to have uh, an epic reunion, and they'll, you know, do the the final tour of uh, tag team. You know, whenever the you know as they get older and can't do the singles matches anymore. Right, but right. Um, in the meantime, I'm loving the patriarchy. Uh, but yeah, that's AW. Uh, we're headed to Revolution. Hang Revolution on, hang on, hang on. Pay-per-view. I want to talk about one more spot. Can we talk about okay. Wardlow? Oh, no, yeah. I missed a lot. Okay, so Wardlow comes out, and he's coming out by himself, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is this could easily be bad. This motherfucker comes out and cuts the best promo he's ever cut in AEW. I mean, it was absolutely fucking amazing. Um, he basically just – and and was nothing but truth-telling. You know what I'm saying? He basically came out and was like, you know, I should be – I'm the uncrowned AEW champion. I beat these guys that are now currently in the mix, whether you like it or not. He had the – he basically was like, you know, I had to rock it up my ass, and now all of a sudden it's gone ass backwards. It was it was just – He said the rocket that was apparently strapped to my back was pointed in the wrong direction. Um and he also said, you know, that guy, the best in the world, the real – champion uh i beat him so bad that his body's still breaking down on him and i was like god damn that's really fucking good (laughs) that's That's really fucking good shit so uh yeah it was a good fiery promo you know i'm kind of sick of these guys in AEW coming out and cutting promos like against their booking you know what i mean but um you know it was cool i liked it i I was a fan of it i loved it i I was about to say i thought it it made Every point that we talked about, at least on this podcast, on more than one occasion, and the fact that it was Wardlow coming out and saying it himself without Adam Cole, baby, or anybody else, 
I thought this was an amazing step for Wargo. Where this goes, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath on it, but I was going to say I definitely put an asterisk on this uh, this date, this promo, because somewhere down the line this might come up as a, a beefer for promo of the year. I thought it was that damn good. Really? For Wardlow? For, for what he's going through and for him to come out and say that shit? There was another. There was another beefer of the year candidate on uh, this week of AEW television is the Bang Bang Scissor Gang. Worst angle of the year. No problem with that. <laughs> Zero problem with that. It is a Z front runner. Um, but that's gonna do it for our two count. One, two, three. Did you guys watch NXT? Yep. No. Okay, uh, so, okay, so, you know what, we'll split this up, a little bit of NXT, which Zach didn't watch, a little bit of, uh, sorry, uh, Oku Osprey, which Jason didn't watch. Unprofessional bullshit. Dude, I was about to say, how you gonna give me the fucking button, man? He didn't watch NXT. No, that was for both of you. Okay, cool. Absolute fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we'll start off with NXT. Uh, you know, not a not a ton of stuff to talk about here. Um, what do you think about Ava being the GM? I can keep it general and talk about some specifics because I'm sure Zach has seen some of this. But what do you think about Ava uh, as the GM, uh, Jason? Nah. I got one word for you: nepotism. Okay. Yeah, that is a, that is some uh, nepo baby shit. Just want to know. Uh, the, uh, again, apparently, the Dijak and Gacy. Feud's still going on. You into this, Jason? Nah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dijak needs this dub so badly. It just feels like Joe Gacy's, they're oh. rebranding him for this invincible run or whatever. What? Okay. I don't care. So so let me ask you about this. Um, Chase U defeats Nathan Frazier and Axiom to become number one contenders against the Road Dogs. And the OC, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, come in and lay waste to them. What do you think about the OC coming into NXT, Jason? About time they earn their checks. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, Sick. I'm, I'm sure they're just pissed that they have to actually work. Right? <laughs> All right. Every time I look up, I see them in the back getting uh, punked out by uh, AJ Styles, and now all of a sudden, you, you now you're mad. Oh, now you're going to go down to NXT and beat up the NXT guys, right? Oh, ooh, you motherfuckers are real badasses now. Who'd you beat up? Axiom and Nathan Frazier? Get the fuck up out of here with this bullshit. I'm about to say, man, that's that bullshit right there. You need to just go ahead and just either give them their outright release or do something on the main roster with them. Don't get me wrong. There have guys that Baron Corbin has come down here and done great work. Okay. I'm not going to sit up here and say that this is a if downgrade. Carl, if Carl Anderson isn't going to give a hundred percent at wrestle kingdom, you think Carl Anderson is going to give a hundred percent at NXT on a Tuesday night? Hey, you said it. I'm taking it. The only thing Carl Anderson is giving one hundred percent at is happy hour. <laughs> uh, I I bet they take those titles off of Wolf Dogs though. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I hate that idea. 
that's the first thing I thought. the first thing I agree with you. I can't even. I could totally agree with this. The first thing I thought when they came out I was like, "Son of a bitch, that's who's gonna beat him." Oh, that sucks. Okay. Um, Man from ringside at Rev Pro. I don't know when this match happened. Um, I think it was last weekend. weekend. So maybe uh, last weekend. Just a. a an absolute, uh, you know, objectively well-worked, uh, work-rate-style match at Rev Pro on Saturday night between Will Ospreay and Michael Oku. Michael Oku is a name that I've heard a bunch of times. Never, I mean, I've probably seen highlights of him or something, but I can't recall ever sitting down and watching a Michael Oku match. He was tremendous. Uh, I've... Uh, the first one I ever saw was the one at High Stakes 2022 against... Will Ospreay, which from a like storytelling perspective was like phenomenal. Uh, so this match is a ton of callbacks to that match. Um, but yeah, Will Ospreay was just like healing it up. Um, like kind of like the setting for this is it's Rev Pro, Ospreay, historically a top guy. Like he was the top guy after Sabre was the top guy. And then Michael Oku is now the champion. He's the top guy, but Oku has never beaten Osprey. And they had a fucking five star match two years ago where Osprey uh, was healing it up, not only on Oku, but on Oku's partner. I forget her name. What was her name? It was an A or something. Yeah. I don't know if you caught it in commentary. I can't remember what it was. Those, I mean, those commentary guys were on fire. Uh, they were just yelling the entire time. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, the idea was that she had thrown in the towel in the previous match. So, in the previous match, she threw in the towel. Um, the ref was like, what is this? Like, we don't we do not do towels here. Like, <laughs> like so uh, she threw in the towel. Osprey took it, wiped Oku's blood on it, and then threw it back in her face. This was, like, after he had, like, punt kicked her while she – like, he was staying on the apron. And uh, he, like, kicked her – like, punt kicked her in the face. Um, he – like, that match was, like – so well done, just like old school fucking heel shit. Uh, but anyway, um, and they yeah, there's a ton of callbacks in that. So they had the bloody towel. So first thing they come out and uh, they do the introductions. Osprey comes in at second. Uh, the champion comes out first. Osprey comes out second. And whenever they announce like it's pinfall submission or you can throw in the towel. Osprey wears that big robe and he pulls the bloody towel from two years ago out. He throws it in the chick's face just to start. Like, that's the start of this match. Uh, and man, it just goes on. I think it was like 45 minutes long. It did not feel like it. I was so enthralled uh, with this thing. Um, it wasn't just a moves match, it was so well done. So many callbacks yeah. to the other match. And just, uh, sorry, I'm just gushing. You, you go ahead. I, I didn't it was, mean to steal it was, from you. It was not just a move match. I mean, it was a... They. It was very dramatic. <laughs> just It was one of the most dramatic matches I've ever seen between two guys I've never seen wrestle before. Um, very uh, theater-like, really, in a lot of spots. Uh <laughs> Oku had Osprey pinned twice and pulled him back up as a callback to the first match, too, and pulled him back up both times with a big smile on his face, which is like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And then Osprey <laughs> comes back. Osprey, remember a couple of years ago when Osprey hit the hit the stormbreaker on his girlfriend or something and everybody got all pissed? I mean, Michael Oku's 
valet took a fucking hidden blade. Yeah, to the face. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, she takes a hidden blade to the face. That's after he kicks her uh, when she's on the outside the ring, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. And he puts his foot in her chest and just shoves her away. Oh, um, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's this kind of party. Okay. <laughs> I say, I'm getting mad over here just listening to this shit. I mean, it was incredible heel stuff. It is, uh, I kind of want to go back and watch it again because it just keeps going and going and going, and it, it feels like it, uh, you know, it hits 100 miles an hour about 25 minutes into it and stays there for about 20 minutes is what it feels like. It was. Oh, yeah. You're, you're right because, like, about 25 minutes in, you're just like, these motherfuckers are just getting started. And then, like, they just go. And, like, dude, there's, like, Tiger Driver 98. Um, oh yeah like just i mean just the most epic shit uh you should yeah you should watch their first match uh and then watch, if you want to watch it again just like watch it watch their first match too i think it's around um i haven't watched it in a while but it was fucking great yeah the match fucking ruled so um go out you're ready to watch it if you can shit i'm watching that motherfucker tonight as i'm uploading this motherfucker it's gonna take me 45 minutes anyway so as long as we doing it, we might as well uh, get some uh, enjoyment out of this shit. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for our three count. One, two, three. Time for predictions. So we got your elimination chamber in Perth. Or as, like, as like Michael Cole likes to constantly remind us, Perth, Australia. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Where is Perth in uh, Australia? It is the biggest, most isolated city in the world. So it is on the west coast of Australia. It's the only big city over there. Okay. Uh, had a buddy in college who was from Perth. My Australian huh. friend, Dive. Dive Lin. Good dude. Used to watch wrestling with him. Did I meet him? Probably not. Anyway, he's from Perth, so uh, pretty cool. Um, it's gonna be a hot crowd. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Is that a, a is that a is that an Australian winter joke? <laughs> God damn! It feels like I set him up for that. <laughs> you just literally put that ball on the team. Was like, no, please, let me get out the way first. Oh shit. Uh, but there's some big matches, and there's the Grayson Waller. So, uh. The Grayson Waller effect, which is going to have Cody and Seth. So expect an angle there. Mm. Um, right now, as current, I just have to repeat the standings right now. Jason Cornelius Bell in last place <laughs> with 11 points. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, this motherfucker is taking way too much joy out of this. <laughs> Saxon, Saxon, two beers in second place with 12 points. And yours truly. Bill, a.k.a. Veggie, in first place with 14 points. That feels nice to say, guys. It feels really nice. <laughs> was, was, this is what, February? Ain't yes, going to last. February, no. <laughs> Let's talk in, like, April, May. Let's see where this ends. I mean, we got, like, seven match of the year contenders, but right now uh, we've only had, like, three papers. So, uh, so let's start with the ladies first. We got Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax. Jason, Cornelius Bell, who you got? Um, Can I borrow your pen, your writing utensil? Yes, of course. Um, I think it's this just has got to be Rhea Ripley, right? I mean, you, you're not going to have a major WWE show in Australia. I don't 
no disrespect to Nia Jax. She's played her part well in being the bully of the block, but I would be very, very stunned if Rhea Ripley was brought to Australia and dropping the title just before WrestleMania. I'm going to take Rhea Ripley to retain. Uh, Zach, here you go. Uh, if this is still Vince creative, I might pick Nia Jax, but thankfully it's not, so uh, I got Rhea Ripley. That would be an insane move to have Nia Jax uh, win. Uh, is, uh, as I say, as I say that, and Bill picks Nia Jax. <laughs> no, it is the it is the stone coldest lead pipe that you can have. Rhea Ripley. Oh, is, good, good call. Stone cold lead pipe. I would agree with that as well. Rhea Ripley is not losing this match. Um, it's just not the way WWE does things now. She is way she is way too dominant as a champion. They're going to be in Australia. They are trying to branch out, obviously. They are really making it a good faith effort, and they're. It seems like they're doing it. They're doing it well, also. Um, but uh, this is going to be a huge moment for Rhea Ripley, and I am looking forward to this match. Uh, Nia Jax is doing good work. The angle on Raw, where they had the standard elimination chamber promo set up, where all six chicks come out, and then Nia Jax, who's not in the match, who's facing Rhea Ripley, comes out and just whoops all six of their asses. That was cool. That was a cool angle yeah. and smart too. No, it 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 reinforces how dangerous Nia Jax has become, at least under the the Triple H regime. All that being said, I just I can't. It's I also can't. she's she's the actual challenger, so having her take out the six people in the elimination chamber doesn't hurt any of them going into that match. No, it's totally separate from what's going on uh, above them. So neither here nor there. I ain't worried about. It. Um, so yeah, she's always been dangerous, but now it's in kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking well done. <laughs> well done. God damn. He's eating up. <laughs> write that. Write that down somewhere. Put that shit on a shirt, man. That's uh, wild. So uh, for the WWE Unified Tag Belts, we have Judgment Day which is going to be Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus the new Catch Republic, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Uh, Zach, who you got? Mm, man, uh, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is, this is, this is really a stretch, but I'm going to go with new Catch Republic. I love it. I love it. I am not. I'm going with... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Judgment Day. I mean... I just think that Finn Balor has had such a big year as Judgment Day. He's it's he's he, he's kind of earned the right to walk into WrestleMania as a tag champ. I say that more about Finn Balor than I do about Damian Priest because obviously because he's got the briefcase. Jason, who do you got? Um, we said it last week. I'm gonna stick to it until you show me otherwise. I'm gonna take Judgment Day because I ultimately think that. Truth and Miz take the titles off of them. I think that would be a ridiculous. Did you say that last week? That's, I said it last that's really, week. That's really smart. Um, I think that would be a good way to ultimately free up Damian Priest. I can see that as maybe a, a night one where you have Seth in the main event versus the Elimination Chamber winner have 
have Damian drop the titles early and then cash in later on that night. Um, I like uh, Tyler Bate and uh, Pete Dunn together. I just think this is just kind of like wrong place, wrong time for them to become tag team champions. I would love to them love to be wrong because I think ultimately they would be a good tag team champion team, but I just don't see it. I got judgment day. I'd be cool either way. Um, yeah. So, uh, the Women's Elimination Chamber match. We have Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, that's a pretty stacked, that's a good-looking Elimination Chamber lineup for the women. I like that Tiffany Stratton's in there. Um, Rodriguez, Naomi, Belair, and Becky Lynch are all big time. And Liv Morgan is a former champion. So... From least to most, uh, however, you know, this is kind of a tough one. I think I'm going to live the least. I'm going... Uh, I'm going Tiffany Stratton next. I am going... God damn, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be. I'll take... Okay, I'll just go... Okay, so live Tiffany Stratton, Raquel Rodriguez... Naomi, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. Who you got, Jason? Interesting. Um, probably different, but ultimately, I think we're gonna go. We're gonna end up at the same spot. Um, Raquel Rodriguez. I'm going least likely. Um, just coming back. I just, just now, not, not here, not now. Um, Let's go, place, Nate. Place sound like a wet fart when she came back. It it did. It was just not what I expected at all. Um, Naomi at five. Um, I would love to bump her up more, but not. I, it's not what I expected early from Naomi. That's not a knock against her. You know, I Royal think, Rumble aside, I think her I think with, match against. I think with the WWE crowd with Naomi. Absence made the heart grow fonder. I'm not saying and now I, she's back, and it's like, oh yeah. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying I need to see Triple H show me that she he's serious about her this time around. Naomi at five. I got Liv at four. Liv is probably the the wild card of this bunch. I can see her, you know, doing some damage, or I can see her getting bounced early. Either way, Tiffany Stratton in three. I think Tiffany's going to have a, a strong performance because I think she's the, the star of the show down the line a year, two years from now, whatever the case may be. Two and one, you can flip them. It wouldn't make a difference. But like I said last week, you're not going to have Becky confront Rhea Ripley in Vegas and not pull the trigger. Bianca at two, Becky at one. Zach. <laughs> Naomi's relationship with WWE is like, George Costanza relationship with like Susan where he like breaks up with her and then he like talks her back into going back out with him after he breaks up with her because he thinks he made a mistake but then once once they're back together (laughs) he just wants yeah exactly just wants to be uh, Naomi (laughs) Naomi (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah um Yeah, I mean Naomi's uh, a fun performer, but she's not. She's just not that top level. I don't. I don't think. If there was a mid-card women's title, Naomi would be perfect. Mm. 
Mm. Perfect. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because she can get the crowd going. She's a good character. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I'm going to go Tiffany Stratton just because she's brand spanking new. Uh, but uh, I'm glad she's up there. She's getting work. She needs some, like, house shows, you know, under her belt. Um, working with, you know, talented women. She'll be a big star soon. But um, she's just a rookie. Uh, then I'll go over Kel Rodriguez um, just because then Naomi then Liv Morgan then Bianca Belair and then Becky Lynch because we are it's Becky and Rhea that's the match that is the match so uh, now we have the men's elimination chamber which is Drew McIntyre Kevin Owens Randy Orton Bobby Lashley, L.A. Knight, and Logan Paul. Um, Jason, your turn to go first. <sighs> Honestly, I think this is a little more harder than, than the women's, to be perfectly honest. But um, let's break it down. Six least likely is probably Bobby Lashley. As, much, as, as painful as it, it, it may be, I just... They should have done this a long time ago, and I keep saying this. I just don't see Lashley getting much play here. Big name, but not much push behind it. Um, five and four, probably interchangeable, but I'll go for the sake of argument. Um, Logan Paul at five. Um, I think he's going to defend the title at his title at WrestleMania, the U.S. title. So, I, don't, I can't see him winning it at this point. Uh, four is L.A. Knight. Um, I think he's the opponent for Logan Paul. Somehow, some way, I think that's how you set this up. So you get that WrestleMania match. Three, I'm going KO. Um, KO is, is just dependable. You can make this thing work with him and Seth. There's a history with their a WrestleMania match that, you know, kind of gets forgotten about in the annals of WrestleMania history. They had the pandemic WrestleMania. That's the one I'm talking about. Go back and check that Joker out so they have history. Two, I'm going Randy Orton. Hard for me to do, not put him up at the top. But like I said, I think Drew McIntyre is just doing fucking work. Drew McIntyre, I'm taking that number one. Zach, you're up next. Uh, I'll go with Bobby Lashley at the bottom. Um, I'll agree with Jason. Um, it hurts me to say it, but probably KO for number five. Um, go Logan Paul, number four. I don't really expect him, but I'll just still put him above those other guys. My top three are LA Knight, Randy Orton, and Drew McIntyre. Um, I could see any three of them getting it LA Knight being a dark horse but uh, really it's kind of between Orton and McIntyre and I'm leaning McIntyre you know what I think I talked myself out of it because I'm not done I'm swapping it out I'm picking Randy Orton no I love it (laughs) love the moxie Um, I'm probably fucked it up (laughs) <laughs> I actually It's just one point It ain't gonna hurt I actually think that uh, KO is probably Least likely <laughs> Like 
Um, but what? I, I can't put him last. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to write that down? Because Bobby Lashley ain't going to win. Nope. Uh, so I got Bobby Lashley last. KO second to last just for, you know, for my own sake. Uh, I have LA Knight fourth. LA Knight versus Seth Rollins. That shit ain't happening. It's like those two of them. I've never even, I've never even thought about those two. <laughs> I never even Damn, thought about dog. those two in the same fucking. I don't. They don't exist in the same world to me. Jesus, just Christ. doesn't make any sense. So I got LA Knight Ford. None of those three have any chance at all. Uh, Logan Paul would be a dark horse for me, just because. Why not run it back? I mean, that is a that's a huge match. Depending on what you're gonna do with the bloodline, um, Logan Paul versus it. It'd be weird for him to uh, fight for the championship with the. U.S. title. I get it. But um, that, that would be my wild card. Uh, Randy Orton second, McIntyre first. I'm just going to go with Occam's razor here. And it looks like McIntyre. It smells like McIntyre. It's going to be McIntyre. Same thing with Becky Lynch. You know? They're just... Uh, they're not doing a bad job with it, and they're not making it too terribly obvious. Uh, and everybody's been entertaining during the build. So I'm very much looking forward to this pay-per-view. Jason, how are you going to watch this? You're going to stay up and watch it? Uh, so this is Friday going into Saturday. So, I mean, I could play it two ways. New Japan has their show on Saturday morning. I could watch that and lead into Royal or Elimination Chamber. My guess is I know me well enough. I'm just probably going to go to sleep and wake up and watch it. Watch probably New Japan first because Peacock sucks with their replay system and then watch uh, Elimination Chamber. Now, Zach, work. when was the last time you were up at 2 a.m.? Mm. Been a while? This is a, I'm, I'm going to have to get back yeah. <laughs> it has been a while. How'd you know? I thought because I'm never up at 2 a.m. <laughs> uh, used to be all the time. Never. never. I mean, not that long ago in my life, I was up all the time because I was still bartending. So. Yeah, it's just a different. Yeah, the good old days. Fucking. Uh, so I, I think that my dad's supposed to come over and we're putting in flooring Saturday morning. I usually wake up around 7 with the kid, so I might be able to catch the main event. That sounds I, horrible. When I wake up at seven, flooring. Ugh. It starts at two a.m. for me, so there's. Okay, I mean, all right, man. All right, man. Look, we ain't got. No, that's out of the question. Look, we ain't saying, have you bragging. I, I'm saying if it starts at four a.m. here, uh, around seven a.m., they'll be getting into the last match unless they've already had yeah. it. Yeah, you can still catch some of that. Yeah. So, I'm probably I'm not gonna catch any of it live. I'll wake up and I'll probably just turn it on before I even get up to take a piss. But I'm looking forward to I'm look, really looking forward to that Grayson Waller segment too. Yeah, um I, that's a that has bloodline written all over it. It's gonna main event. No, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> they should have uh they should have Grayson Waller fight a kangaroo and lose. Come on, man. Damn. <laughs> he ain't Austin Theory in this motherfucker. I mean, shit. Kangaroos really are the fucking wildest fucking animal, man. They are fucking. It's wild that they exist. MJF got that motherfucker over. I mean, what the if fuck? If we went to a different planet and saw a kangaroo, we'd be like, look, you got to look at this fucking alien, dude. <laughs> okay. I mean, why is he dude, kicking? I'd be, 
<laughs> I'd be scared, dude. Australia scares the shit out of me. It's crazy down there. They got those giant huntsman spiders. Yeah. They got the kangaroos. Just kang- There's kangaroos everywhere. They're everywhere. It's not just like, oh, you might be a kangaroo. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> I mean, as long as they, you know, bouncing up on me, I mean, shit, let the motherfuckers do what they oh, do. Oh, you know they're bouncing up on me. You know it. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, look, I'm trying Dude, to let them the win, The way they dog. stand on their tails and kick. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. It's super, <laughs> it's the super, it's the weirdest fucking attack method in the entire universe. <laughs> so you can come over here and get you some. You want some strong ass fucking tails, man. Like the strongest. Hey everybody, we got some birthdays this week. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is forty-four. Corey Graves is forty. Sean O'Hare. Do you remember Sean O'Hare? I can picture his Yeah, face. like uh, he came back like with the uh, WCW invasion. I do remember that. Yes. Um, I can picture his face. 53, I think he's still alive. Uh, Maria Canellis is 42. Ric Flair, the aforementioned, 75 the years true old. The true goat, goddammit. No doubt. Uh, Penta is 39. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is 71. Do you know what Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's real name is? Richard Blood. He should have kept that motherfucker. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who's the promoter who talked him out of that? You idiot. R- Ricky Steamblood. <laughs> uh, something shit. He's 71 years old. And another guy with a great name, Norman Smiley. 59. I think he works for WWE, right? I believe so. Yeah, he's been a producer for a long, long time. Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for the whole fam in there. Check. For Tender Mahal. Check. For get Murray well soon. Murray Murray. Check. Get well soon. Hope everything's good with you. Double check uh, on that. Lucha Chris for check. Brett Jagger. Check. For Vice. Check. For, did I say Tender Mahal? Yeah, but we'll do a check again. He's not feeling so good. For two beers, Zach Pullman. Double check. Jason Cornelius Bell. Beat you Bill bitches. Zaggy. Check. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Check. Support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Check. Give your parents a call. Double and check. never forget to boo the heels. Boo! 